This is Jonathan Armstrong with this week's Tech Law 10. I'm in Las Vegas this week, so excuse my Las Vegas desert cough. Eric, you've had much uh, worse weather to deal with, and we're glad that you're safe with the fires out there in California. And uh, amidst all of that going on, you've been reflecting again on FOI. Now, you correctly predicted uh, a couple of years ago that this would become an issue in the last election. Do you think it could be an issue in this election? Yes, so we're, we're once again dealing with government communications being transmitted on private email servers. But yeah, thank you for the initial thoughts. Yeah, we, here in Northern California, we've been recovering from the aftermath of these horrific fires, and there were evacuations in my area and lots of smoke. And finally, we got a little fog and a little drizzle, and it seems to be abating, but our thoughts go out to people who've lost their homes. Uh, and families who've lost loved ones, so it's, it's been terrible. Okay, so getting back to the topic here, let me, let me begin by talking about the Freedom of Information Act, otherwise known as FOIA. That's a statute, a federal statute here in the United States, Jonathan, that was enacted a while ago to shine light on government activities for public review. And the policy behind it was that for a democracy to function effectively, those who govern must be accountable to those they do govern. And so along those lines, the Supreme Court has held that our citizenry here is entitled to know what the government is up to. And in the wake of the Watergate scandal back in the early 1970s, uh, the FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act, was given even greater enforcement teeth. And in a nutshell, the public can make FOIA requests to the government seeking government records pertaining to all sorts of government affairs. And generally speaking, the government is required to produce or make available its government records unless a narrow exemption applies, such as exempting the production of records that could compromise an ongoing law enforcement investigation or records that might uh, reveal uh, truly secret uh, state, state secrets, I should say. Um, but the presumption is that records must be produced. Okay, so where are we? Yes, we had a podcast a couple of years ago and I was talking about the private email servers of Hillary Clinton. And, you know, she was using those for governmental communications when she was the Secretary of State. Uh, the problem was those uh, communications she was maintaining on private email servers would escape public rev revelation if the public wanted to see them. And, you know, this undercuts the core uh, purpose of the statute, the Freedom of Information Act, uh, you know, allowing for an open democracy. Now, Hillary Clinton did admit that this was a mistake. Um, she explained that nothing consequential was kept secret, and she then endeavored to produce those email communications that were on her private email servers. Uh, nevertheless, as we know on the campaign trail, uh, Donald Trump and his supporters were chanting, lock her up, lock her up. Okay, so we've discussed that. But why are we talking about it again? Well, fast forward. Uh, and this is, by the way, a, a balanced podcast because I'm talking about it from both the Democratic angle and the Republican angle and how they both made a mess of it. Uh, Donald mm -hmm. Trump is the president, and it has re recently been reported that Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, who are working in the White House, guess what, have been using private email servers with respect to governmental communications. Uh, the same problem. So what does this mean? Does this mean that Donald Trump truly wasn't serious? when he was accusing Hillary Clinton of criminal conduct regarding her private email server communications? Does this mean that Trump's people should be prosecuted 
to their private email server communications, uh, as he strongly suggested should happen to Hillary Clinton? Or does this mean that there should be a pox on the houses of both sides, and we truly have to be concerned about the open running of government uh, as these lessons seem not to be learned, and there appears to be an ongoing desire, for some reason, to keep governmental communications away from public scrutiny. And I guess another question is, you know, is this just, you know, somehow sloppiness, or is there some intent behind it? Um, you know, my guess is that one will reasonably suspect that Trump will not continue as strongly to proclaim that Clinton engaged in criminal conduct, because that now Jonathan could boomerang back on his people, but we can also guess there probably will be further investigation into how Trump's people are handling their governmental emails, just like Hillary Clinton was investigated. And it remains to be seen what enforcement or prosecutorial action will be taken in response to the Trump administration emails that are showing up now on private email servers. So all that being said, Jonathan, you're across the pond. Uh, you know, what do you make of this? And are there similar issues there uh, in the UK? in terms of how governmental communications must be maintained in a way that they're accessible to the public? And does that always happen? Yeah, I think we've got much the same debate here. And we have had episodes of people in government using private emails, using SMS, using WhatsApp, for example. Um, the current Foreign Secretary, Boris Johnson, some of his WhatsApp messages were recently commented upon. And WhatsApp, of course, is a service that his boss, the Prime Minister Theresa May, um, if not wants to close down and at least wants to alter the way in which it works and, uh, and reduce the encryption levels on WhatsApp. So there are ironies all round, I think. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. I, and I, I almost wonder if there's more of a parallel as well with commercial organizations, with BYOD. Now, of course, they're not subject to freedom of information requests in most cases, in, in rare cases they are, when they're dealing with government contracts or whatever, in the UK, certainly. But, um, but there are parallels, aren't there, with things like internal investigations and, and e-discovery. We've seen the scope of some really large investigations, the Rolls-Royce uh, uh, investigation into bribery, for example, is some 30 million documents. And we've got this blurred line, haven't we, with politicians and with executives of changing their, um, uh, how they communicate depending on the time of day and where they are. And this almost arrogance of people to think that I can communicate with who I want to um, on whichever device I choose and whichever medium I choose. And I wonder if the, you know, the modern trend for BYOD and uh, connectivity, we're just forgetting that accountability is, is a principle that we have to follow. So I'm wondering if it's not just a political issue, but, a, but an issue of our age. I think it is an issue of our age, and I think it probably depends on the circumstances. Uh, I just find it somewhat amazing that given the condemnation that flowed in the direction of Hillary Clinton for what she did, that we see the same thing happening. Um, mm. So do we get to a point where we just need to be complacent and just say, well, you know what, this is just the way it is? Or do we need to be ever more vigilant? I think we need to be ever more vigilant. I think it's absolutely imperative, no, no matter who's in the White House or who's running government, that government records should be made available as uh, the law 
says um, for obvious yeah. reasons. And we can't have, you know, government operating like a star chamber in secret. Uh, that's dangerous. That threatens democracy. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not at all saying that the uh, emails in question of Hillary Clinton or of Jared Kushner or Ivanka Trump in some way, in, in and of themselves, are consequential or threaten democracy. I don't know the content of them. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, I haven't reviewed them. But it's not a good trend, uh, and it shouldn't happen. And I think there are ways of avoiding it, for sure. So I think we probably hit our can, and I know you're busy in Vegas. So what goes on in Vegas will stay in Vegas, although I know you're simply up to your lawyer business there. So you go uh, enjoy your professional activities. Uh, I, I will be, thanks. Yes, exactly. Um, this is Eric Sinrod uh, from Dwayne Morris uh, in San Francisco. Uh, my email address is ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. You can find us on the usual social media outlets. We're not government officials, so whether we use public or private <laughs> email servers, it doesn't matter under the statute. Jonathan, why don't you wrap it up? Yeah, thanks very much, Eric. The Venetian clock is telling me it's time to go. So um, I'm jonathan.armstrong at cordycompliance.com. Normal service resumes next time round when I'll be back in London. All that remains, meantime, is to thank you for listening. Bye now. Cheers.